Welcome entrepreneurs and startups to Art of the Kickstart, the show that every entrepreneur needs to listen to before you launch. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president and founder of Inventus Partners, the world's only turnkey product launch company. From product development and engineering to omni-channel marketing, we've helped our clients launch thousands of inventions and earn more than $1 billion in sales over the past 20 years. Each week, I interview a startup success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your launch to the next level. This show would not be possible without our main sponsor, Product Hype, the weekly newsletter that goes out and shows you the best inventions that just launched. Make sure to check out ProductHype.co and join the Hype Squad. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today, I am super excited because I am talking with Chris Noyes, a serial brand builder, animal lover who obsesses over thoughtfully built project or products. He is the co-founder and CEO of Pet Object, which is a product company with the focus on objects designed with the pet in mind. Collectively, the founding team brings over 60 years of experience in the branded consumer goods space. Let's welcome everybody, Chris Noyes. Thank you for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited to talk because you've been a longtime client of ours at Inventus Partners, not only from the launching of your active Kickstarter campaign that's going on right now. So for all those listeners, go check out Pet Object on Kickstarter. But also you've been working with us from an engineering standpoint. So really, I want to you know talk about all of those things and kind of the idea and the evolution that it's gone through. But before we dive into all of that, Chris, let's give our audience the elevator pitch on your product and what it's all about. Yeah, no worries. I, you know, For me, uh, I've always been kind of a design-oriented guy. So uh, I look at all objects, no matter what they are, pet-related, automobile, uh, interior design. Uh, I like well, thoughtfully designed uh, quality objects. And have, being a cat owner, you know, uh, I looked at my home and I spent all this time doing the interior design focus of it. And uh, when it came to litter boxes, was, everything was an eyesore. So just like most entrepreneurs, it's a problem that arose to me personally and I, I set out to, to fix it. But it took a long time to your point. It took almost 10 years. So you know, everything that we do, we want it to be high design, well-built, very functional and being able to fit in a multitude of homes. So how did this idea come to market? Like, how, What was the inspiration around it? I mean, it's a beautifully designed product. And I think that's kind of that, that blend of your background, right? In terms of not only it being a functional piece for the pet, cat in this instance, at least initially, yeah. but it is like an art piece almost in the home as well. So how did you go about one with the concept and then the evolution of the design itself, which I think is really beautiful? Yeah, I mean, it truly was one of those, you know, napkin drawing story scenarios. You know, I, I tried two or three products on the market, low budget plastic. Uh, I did always gravitate to the two piece construction. You know, for me, I thought it was, it was better served because obviously cats make messes and it's very visual and you can see it from across the room. So having this top portion kind of hid that. So I had something that was kind of igloo shaped. It was all that was out there. So I kind of riffed on like, okay, like this, this is the shape, the size. And I saw this, the shape that we made, and I can barely pronounce it. It's like the hectagon or something crazy. And I, it's, I don't even know because it's so hard to pronounce. We, we don't even are forward facing with it. And so I started drawing it out on a sketch. And, you know, at that point, I started looking at the size and shape of it. 
and learned pretty quickly that I, I'd have to meet someone that knew CAD and could get industrial design and you know and bring it to life in a three D. So the project or the item that you see right now is the shape is kind of how I drew it, but obviously that's as far as I got personally. I'm not an artist by any means or an industrial designer. So that next step was meeting an industrial designer before I met your crew, and you know we got pretty far down the pathway. You know, he he pointed out some things on structural integrity and you know things that I never thought I'd have to to know going into litter box design. And it it was very it was cool to to understand you know thicknesses, uh, material type, just you know how this thing would exist out out in space. But it's a big learning curve, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think that learning curve you know stops potentially a lot of entrepreneurs from really going through and following through with their idea, right? They just have the idea and lots of people have ideas, but truly the execution side of this, I mean, this has been something like you said, almost 10 years in the making. And I know from an engineering standpoint, it was interesting, you know, just looking at all of the iterations that it's gone through. And, you know, as we were talking before the show started, it's like, you know, building a mini spaceship, right? What, What were some of those things that got you over those hurdles to get it to the next step to finally build that first prototype? Because I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs and I know there's a lot of listeners that really need that push and that confidence builder potentially to kind of get onto that next step. Yeah, I mean, there, there's nothing like seeing it um, in 3D form. You know, you have them in your mind and you see even the most detailed CAD drawing, no matter you know how sophisticated it is. It gets exciting when you see that. But, you know, our first one, once we had the specs was out of cardboard, you know, but even seeing it out of cardboard, and seeing it like live in real life, then you get like an understanding of like the size and scale of it. I just I had that feeling, and, you know, just you see it, and I'm like, this is gonna work. This is it. Like it, it feels we have to keep going, you know. So that cardboard moment was was probably the first big milestone for us. And then yeah, then then we got into okay, what does it look to to make a prototype? And it's not cheap, you know, it's thousands of dollars in. Uh, but we all felt collectively that it was a strong enough design that, you know, it's timeless in nature and, and needed actually in the space. So we did move forward with that first 3D design. And that's when you see it in a, like a, a rapid prototype kind of plastic. It's not like a commercial grade plastic, but you can use it, but it's pretty brittle. But um, you can start to like interact with it and understand the functionality of it. That's, that's where it got really exciting but really daunting because there's all sorts of weird little nuances from like weight distribution from front to back to sound closure to just things you would never even understand and i'm maniacal by nature with products you know so there's some people that you know that could go to market probably as is and it could have been okay but you know for me it was important to vet out every single small little like nuance and make sure it was fundamentally perfect why was that important to you, Chris? Because I think, again, for our listeners' sake, some of them are launching prototypes that kind of look Frankenstein-ish, and the yeah. backers just don't don't support it, right? They don't necessarily believe in the product yet because it's not far enough along where Pet Object is fully functional, ready to go, going to ship, all of those yeah. things that aid in the consumer confidence of the idea. It's a great question. And, and I think you know my background of building brands, one thing I've always understood is the LTV, like the lifetime value of a customer. It's like you only get that one shot for them to unbox your product for the first time and use it. Yep. And for us as a brand and a company, we want to stand for something that people will come back no matter what object we launch in the future. And because they always know it stands for quality, uh, functionality, and product. And most of those little things that you hone on and fix, the consumer never even knows because they're already vetted. 
You know, they've already been thought out, and it should just be a seamless user experience when they use the box. So, you know, for us, it, that's kind of the pillars of our companies. We want to make sure it's easy. You know, quality stands the test of time, and, and it's not just about like a, a hype brand with a non-defendable product. You know, we want to be product first for sure. Speaking of product, I got to know how how'd you come up with the name? Because I know the cat, you know, the current first product launch isn't going to be the only one. Yeah, it, it's it's funny, man. It's like you know, getting into the modern age and like understanding SEO and you know words that are searched a lot, like obviously like litter box and you know pets, like those those was already taken. Something always like object of my affection, you know. And we all our cats are and dogs and our animals are part of part of that, you know. They're so important in our life, so. I just combined two words that are frequently Googled, and that was pet and object. And, and just happened to like go to GoDaddy and look, and it, um, and it was there. <laughs> so uh, I pounced on it. And then, you know, I held the social for five, six, seven years. I think I've had it all, you know, from Facebook and Instagram and, and uh, the URL. So I just tried to approach it that way. And then it just it seemed like something that it's simple and easy and digestible, and people know, you know, it's an object that for pets. I love it. I love a good SEO keyword rich business name too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Chris, what advice would you give yourself at the beginning of this process now knowing what you know? That's, that that is a good question. I think you know, I I was always kind of like determined no matter what the stakes I'm going to do it, you know. So I think I probably would have done it faster because I will say from uh inception when I had it almost a decade ago, there's a couple guys who come on the market, you know, and make some great products. You know, at the time that I, I really had the idea, there was no competitive landscape. So there's a few more competitors. So I think you know, letting it be something that you're going to attack, like at least every day or weekly, spend time because it's so easy, you know, when you're not getting paid for it and it's a passion project to just months fly by, you know, a year flies by. And I, I would have, I probably would have said, like, get it to market quicker. Okay. So you've had a lot of time working with the engineering team in our California office and everybody out there. Talk about some of the the engineering difficulties that have come out of this and some of those learnings that you have that might be applicable to our audience. Yeah, I mean, I think with everything, there's the pros and cons of, of understanding, like from an engineering mindset, I'm purely creative, you know, like um, structural rigidity is something like never even dawned on me, you know. Um, and like I said earlier, the weight distribution, I remember specifically the first prototype we were putting the top lid on and it didn't sit right in his fingers and he's like this is going to be a bad user experience and like that sort of just deep set knowledge of understanding of like human usability was just insane you know and so i think if you're going to do something as a technical product it's always great to have an engineering mind as well as creative mind together it's a great eating game for sure so why should a a cat lover cat owner uh get pet object yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's outside of the, just the, the functional attributes it has, you know, the same as everyone on the market. So, you know, no true crazy tech innovation there. But, you know, I, I truly believe it's one of the most beautiful litter boxes on the planet. And if, if that's important to you, you know, I know it's not for everyone, but if it's truly your design minded, interior design, you know, you put the same sort of thought in your sofa, you should put it in your litter box. I mean, it's right there. It's, you know, it's, it's cool to make a conversation piece of something that's usually hidden, you know. Uh, most of the time, these things are hidden in a bathroom or a garage, but it's kind of cool to have it front and center right when you walk in the door and people like actually ask about it, you know, and then when they figure out what it is, it's, it's, a, it's a whole nother story. Absolutely. So speaking of stories, I got to know, what was your first introduction to crowdfunding and what made you choose, you know, to launch Pet Object with Kickstarter? 
Yeah, so this is the first thing I've ever kickstarted. Um, the f- I bought a project, uh, Transparent Speaker, is you know out of Stockholm, beautiful speaker. Took two years to get, you know. So I learned like the okay, like the, yeah, this is this can happen. It can take literally. I moved in that two years, so I had to change the address. It was coming from another country. You're getting the updates, which can be a little nerve wracking. But I also liked just the entrepreneurship and the people that are backing and, and understand how hard it is to bring a product to nature. And it's hard to get brand awareness. It's one of the most difficult things for a new brand. You know, it's a pay to play game now. So I think it's a great platform to uh, to get your product out there and have a you know pretty broad brand awareness out the gates instead of that tried and true takes years to build awareness. Absolutely. Well, I know that campaign just launched not even a week ago. Dozens of backers already ten thousand more than ten k raised so far. So for all those listeners out there, go check out Pet Object. With that, Chris, this is going to get us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. You good to go? Uh, let's, do it. let's do this. Let's do this. All right. So what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? I don't know if anything inspired me. I think you're born into it, man. I think, uh, I think it's just in you. But, you know, uh, you either have it or you don't. Fair enough. If you could meet any entrepreneur throughout history, who would you want to share a cup of coffee with? I think Jobs. You know? Jobs. Uh, All right. Yeah. What would have been your first question for him? I think how hard is it to stay on course, you know, from a design level, even though that your your investors are are asking for something that's more mass scale and just really believing in what you think is right, even though the time trajectory is doesn't align with your investment. You know, I that I, I don't know if it's a long too long of an answer for the wraparound, but for me, he he always stayed true to what he believed in product design wise, and that's huge. Absolutely. No, I'm with you on that one. Uh, what's a good book that you would recommend to our entrepreneurial listeners? Oh man! Um, believe it or not, dude, I am not a reader. <laughs> okay, how about a blog or a website to stay up to date yeah, on I mean, design trends? Yeah, learn. I mean, so I, I'm so visual that it's really tough for me, you know, to like read books. So Uncrate is one that I deal with constantly. It's like they're launching new products from every sector, every category type. So Uncrate.com is amazing. Absolutely, all the fun gadgets. I feel like that's like James Bond's newsletter. It's- yeah, hundred <laughs> uh, percent. All right. What advice would you give to a new inventor or entrepreneur that's looking to launch their product? Yeah, I mean, I think the the best thing you can do is just stay on course and and do what you believed in. You know, and there's going to be ups and downs for sure, and there's going to be hurdles. But if you truly believe in it, you know, to stick with it, and and ultimately the outcome should always be positive. Nice. Speaking of staying on course, where do you see yourself in the next three to five years? Three. I I really hope we have you know another. Four or five uh, objects, you know, under the pet object name. You know, these things take a long time to build. But you know, I was always looked at this company having you know objects for all sorts of pets. So you know, those be fully functioning and have a full staff, and you know, have distribution out there for for the world to to see pet object in person. Amazing, Chris. Last question in the launch round. I know you've backed one campaign and you just launched your first one. So I got to know what does the future of crowdfunding look like? You, it's getting, it's speeding up. You know, I think there's an interesting component to like, everyone feeling truly a part of the brand. I know there's like, is a, a crowdfunding proponent of, of investment and having equity, but, you know, really bringing those people to forward facing and, and picking their brains and to really know what your consumer wants before you go to market. I mean, that's can't be overstated enough. You know, there's understanding through surveying, you know, is, is there a product market fit in our heads? There always is, you know, but it's great to hear it from, from the horse's mouth. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Chris, this has been amazing. This is your chance to speak directly to our audience. 
give them your pitch, tell them what you're all about and where people should go and why they should check out Pet Object. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, you won't be disappointed. You know, years and years and years went into the development of this product. We hope everyone appreciates as much as we do. I think top, best in class quality, craftsmanship, user, seamless usability. And I hope you enjoy the company as much as we do. So please support us, petobject.com or go to Kickstarter and Pet Object. Amazing. Audience, thanks for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, transcript, links to the campaign, everything else we talked about today. And of course, big shout out to our crowdfunding podcast sponsor over at Product Hype, the top newsletter for new products that just launched. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning into another amazing episode of Art of the Kickstart the show about building a better business, life, and world with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode as much as I did, make sure to show us some love you know, by rating us and reviewing us on your favorite listening station, whatever that may be. Your review really helps other founders and startups find us so they can improve their craft and achieve greater success like you. And of course, be sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all the previous episodes. And if you need any help, make sure to send me an email at info at I'd be glad to help you out. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll see you next week.